DK. What are we doing? We're saying hi to Frank Schultz. That's why. I'll tell you this. What's up, Frank? How you See, living, Frank man? says he made it live today, and that doesn't happen often. It's so funny how many people share that with excitement when they come because they they're it's the show doesn't work for them at a certain hour. Yeah. yeah. Then they come in later and, and th- they listen later, which we appreciate. We appreciate it no matter how you listen or watch or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's different live, isn't it? It's so much different live, DK, because the interaction's there. And, if, of course, if we see your questions and comments, we will try to get to them. I see one right now, DK, and you know what yeah. I can say? Because that's going to be the theme of the of the show a little bit, too. What's that? <laughs> From right here, Mike in Texas. Wrong. We did not start at 4.06 today, okay? <laughs> Wrong. Okay, I think I saw four, Rob Thomas. Wow. Oh, 4.10? Wasn't that the Matchbox guy, that, Rob that, Thomas? Man, I'm not even sure you lost me on that one, DK. It's a singer. 406, Rob Thomas. I don't know him. I know Carl Thomas, the R&B singer. No, see, that- I don't know Carl Thomas. <laughs> see, oh, the, the two worlds colliding right here, DK. That's what that is. But we're not late, Rob. DK, and he blamed it on you. How could DK do that to us? Ask him if he's the matchbox guy, as long as we're having a conversation. Are you the matchbox guy? We got we'll find that answer right here. But we pre-talk for a second, right, DK? And we talked about Matchbox 20. That's what they're called. Yeah. Is that who that is, Rob Thomas? I'm not a fan or anything. I just, yeah, he was a singer for Matchbox 20. I didn't know that. Now you do. Now next I know. thing comes the education of DK on what the heck a Carl Thomas is. What? Well, you'll know his. You'll hear his songs. I'm sure you'll know it at that point right there. Uh, with that being said, though, we we spoke quickly, briefly about players doing better in other situations, DK, because there's going to be a lot of people in about two, three weeks, maybe we yeah, about three weeks that's going to be upset. Should we just go ahead and start the show? You know, that seems like a decent idea. Oh, and I got an announcement to make after this, too. An announcement? I don't even yeah. know what this is. Okay. Yeah, it's simple. I'm going to be honest with you, but it's necessary on a day right, like today. All right, all right. The healthiest possible attitude one can have to this show's start times, by the way, is expressed by Sticky B, who says, this is the best Steelers show online. They are never late. It starts when Ramon says it starts. Is it? Well, that's okay. The bell signifies that, DK. The other side of this is it's hump day. Uh, (laughs) I, announcement? I, I need, yes. I need <laughs> so much more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that is the announcement, DK, because oh, we get checked on Wednesdays because of that, okay? But because <laughs> of that also, I'm announcing it now, and there are going to be people that come in later and it's like, what, Moan, what day is it? What day is it? And I've already established and done it. That's the reason I had to say there was an announcement behind it, too. See? Mike, Mike, in, Texas. Mike in Texas, he speaks in the emoji. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Look no, at that. Mike Those look like six humps and four bells. <laughs> Sounded so inappropriate. Huh? <laughs> it just it didn't it didn't exactly click, did it? Sounded so inappropriate. That <laughs> <laughs> was so bad. Oh, DK. No. oh my gosh, man. You know what? Somebody's gonna have to kick our rear ends here. Why is that? And it's gonna be Nick just to get us rolling here. Yeah. We'll we'll take one cue early just to get us in the in the roll here. Uh, he says, hey, Moan and DK, do you think that the Steelers will address inside linebacker in the draft or free agency? Which of the two, draft or free agency, Moan? If we're going draft, um, I don't I don't know if there's a superior top-tier first-round linebacker. That That's you're what willing. we hear, yep. Yeah, not in this year. The off-back, off-ball linebacker, meaning inside linebackers, have taken a hit market-wise, which is why I also think we're seeing guys like Devin White hit free agency. He's not supposed to hit free agency. Now he's supposed to be held on to. He's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be held on to and covered it. And I think when you have that type of guy, the same way you have as a Fred Warner, right, DK? Like those types of dudes right there, they garner a good bit of your salary cap. He will have a pie section for himself when it comes down to uh, him being a free agent. And I think you're going to have to spend close to 20. I do. 
uh, for a dude like him. I'm looking up his valuation. They got it at about 10 a year, and maybe that's what Tampa felt. But he's a guy that's won a Super Bowl, that's played well enough in his time in, in Tampa, and I think he's a game wrecker. I just don't know if Tampa feels he's worth what they think he deserves to be paid. Is that a 5 for 50 or 5 for 64 guy like him? I ain't sure, but I'd much rather with where this defense is at have a guy in his mid-20s. How old is he? He's 26 in 10 days. He just turned 26. I mean, that's a football prime. That that has not changed. And yes. his position, it hasn't changed, even as much as the position itself has changed. Exactly, DK. And say what they want to about it. There is Physicality is always at the forefront of football. I like him. I'd much rather see them address that position in free agency especially if you're getting here for 10 a year. You might have to pay a little bit more, but I'd absolutely love if they can get a guy like Devin White for about 10 a year, DK, with where Cam is at. Minka's hitting his prime still. You got a young guy in Keanu Benton that has the ability to grow a little bit more. And, and of course, uh, you got your outside rushers. You import, you you put Devin White. Golly, I'm getting excited just talking about that, DK, when you mentioned those young guys. With Larry O still there being too, you incorporate a Devin White and middle linebacker, come on, man. What are we talking about? You know, the only quibble that I have with the stance that you've taken here, and it's a is, small one, is that okay. you're not speaking in the plural. Everyone's talking about one inside linebacker. Remember that what happened with this team that worked for the first half of the season was that Omar went nuts at the position. Yeah. He got himself two guys. He got himself two guys in Cole Holcomb and in Landon Roberts, who could play. And then you know what? He got to camp and he goes, nah, how about one more? And he yeah. throws Quan Alexander onto the pile. And you're like, really? Mm -hmm. Really? This is where you're going? Well, it turns out Omar was right across the board, both in the quantity and the quality, but also the character and everything else and the way they were flying to the football. And Moan, how, how many times did I, uh, did, did, I, did I tell you over the course of the season being around these guys in the locker room, they're so tight. They are. You said it, man. They hit on those three, that on that trio. But, of course, uh, as far as you scheming up and knowing what guys going to do, depending upon who's out there in those defensive sets, uh, you can somewhat trick people offensively sometimes, DK, when you have three different guys doing three different roles, right? You can catch a defense on their heels in those situations right there, man. You're right, Joseph. We had a nice trio of Roberts, Alexander, and Holcomb. Holcomb... His situation was a little bit more sticky with the injury, wasn't it? I don't know what he's going to look like. Oh, I mean, I hope for that, dude. No one would want to end like that. No, and these injuries are much more easily repairable than they have been in years past, unless it's like microfracture or something like that, which we never got his diagnosis, right? No, we watched it, though. We did watch it. We did. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a believer in today's technology and medicine and rehab. He can get back from a situation like that. There are a couple, like, I, I will say this too. I like Willie Gay Jr. out of Kansas City, but it's more advantageous for a guy like him to stay in Kansas City too if they are, you know, they have the right price for him. There are options out there. Uh, another guy, Josie Jewell, he's a guy out of Denver that's uh, from Iowa. Iowa college players are known to be really good pros. He's a guy that's made himself somewhat of that. Be a mid-market inside starting linebacker, but there are options there. I think this gets uh, I think this gets fulfilled through free agency, if you're asking me, and I think it'd be smart to also get a young guy that you see a high upside in, too, DK. They can play special teams, learn under if they bring back Elandon or Holcomb or uh, Quan, whoever the case may be. You need that guy that's in waiting to start getting reps, too. Patrick Crane going to be too high for Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's probably the case. Um, although, you know, we can find all kinds of different ways <laughs> to concoct salary cap space, right? Yeah. Uh, for a team that's not paying an NFL franchise quarterback, no matter how their scenario plays out yeah. this offseason, uh, you're not going to see the Steelers putting in the $30 million, the $40 million that a lot of teams are into a single player at a single position. So... That's part of why when people say they're the highest paid defense, and of course they're the highest paid defense. They're not paying a quarterback. Exactly. You have more flexibility. And when you most live of the rest life. of the offensive guys are younger. And no. you don't have to pay them yet. No, you do not, DK. So the only guys making money on the offense to date are the 
well, veteran you know, guys. You know well, who they are. Specifically, the big boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, They're the ones that are getting are. paid. Eventually, you're going to have to take care of, you know, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. Presu- you know, presuming how many of these guys you end up keeping, uh, Deontay Johnson obviously makes money. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's that's. You have flexibility at at, at a uh, you have flexibility as a team that you didn't have in years past. You can get yourself an inside linebacker of significant repute. Not that you want to acquire somebody based on their reputation, but you know, get yourself a ball player. That's the position. But that's that's also where we're at when it comes down to um, the quarterbacking conversation. You have more flexibility, no, at a bargain. For whoever your next guy is, that's why to me, that sign and trade or that promise of that fifth year option from one of those younger younger guys, I don't care if it's Mac Brown or Mac Jones. I don't care if I keep calling Mac Brown. It's the old college coach. Uh, I don't care if it's Justin Fields. There will be some type of sign and commitment for a guy that you trade for, and I'm not into the trade world when it comes down to them either. Okay. So that's where I stand when it comes down to the type of quarterback you're trying to build with that can win you games and you can build around. We're watching the San Francisco 49ers do it pretty much in two years, making it to the NFC Championship, barring the injury in 22 that could have springboarded them into the Super Bowl with friggin' Brock Purdy. Tom points out here, he says, you, you have to let the draft guide your free agency. I, I could see that to an extent. There's very little in the draft and inside linebacker and defensive line, so you use your free agents there. Uh, there's a lot in the draft at offensive tackle and corner. And I, I could see that to an extent. I, I know that the Kevin Colbert methodology for this was do both. That was the way KC would do it, is he would say, what positions do we really, really, really need? Yeah. We're going to go get a free agent for each spot regardless and then when it comes into the draft we're going to fortify it doubly so by bringing in a draft pick and that way you don't have to accelerate the the development of the pick you you want to have a young crop of talent at all times that are next up you know like that's what you're looking for think about the times as of recently that's why i think we're probably right around the corner from getting another outside edge guy. And, and and that's where I think you always are trying to build. I think they've dropped the ball somewhat and trying to figure out what they're going to do at inside linebacker. That, to me, has probably want, been one of the most glaring things that's happened with the Steelers as of late, is there has been no real succession plan for inside linebacker uh, through the draft. Yeah, they had one. It didn't work out, <laughs> you know, for Devin Bush. But that's that was it. I know, uh, man. And, and that has that has had something to do with what you're saying, which is that the draft hasn't been loaded. It's almost as if college football is still taking its time catching up with the changes that have happened at the position in the NFL. You know, uh, the whole mamas don't let your babies grow up to be dot, dot, dot thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, well in college football, what do you want to be? You want to be a wide receiver. Ultimately, you want to be a wide receiver. The next thing you want to be is an edge rusher. Yep, exactly. So could that change in the next couple of years? If they never call holding again, maybe it will. You're just going to eliminate the edge rusher position. Gene brings up a good point. He played a role. Here's the thing about our guy, Mark Robinson. He is our guy, by the way. He is, and I like Mark. Mark has proven, or Mark career so far said he's a specialty piece. Specialty pieces are used in unique situations against Baltimore when you know Baltimore is going to run the ball. You can't just be a specialty piece in the NFL. A specialty piece is somewhat Calvin Austin that you have to find roles for, and I think it's easier to do that offensively than it is defensively. Mark has got to expand his either coverage, either ability to attack and seek when it comes down to it, his side to side as a player in the inside middle linebacker because here's the thing. That position is somewhat being treated like, okay, running back or safety. It's three D value positions right now in all of football, unless you have a dude running back, inside linebacker, and safety. Think about the conversation we've had as a show and people who've been listening to us. We've had people having this discrepancies between Najee and Jalen, have we not? 
Mm-hmm. When Najee's supposed to be the guy, well, you've devalued Najee, whether through his work ethic, I mean, through his production, or the fact that you're just excited about Jalen. Najee's a first-round draft pick. Now, we don't have the safety conversation in Pittsburgh because Mika's just that dude. Yeah. But think about Terrell, right? Terrell is the guy that got pushed out because we'll just go get another one. And nobody's really had really batted an eye about Terrell not being in Pittsburgh, have we? As a first rounder, as, as a first, first rounder, rounder. yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrell's yeah. having a successful career. He's made other teams and other teams and still playing. So it ain't like he's a bust. But the valuation of who you keep and who you choose not to is a little bit different now for safeties, running backs, and inside linebackers. What's the best ability, Moan? Availability. That's right. And TE has that to spare. He's and got enough GP for everyone in the house. Games played is what GP is. <laughs> Wiry dude, too. You just you just never know, man. It's not always about the build. It, it ain't. And I, I want to gas like this group real quick, DK, because we said something's going to happen about two and a half, three weeks uh, for probably a couple guys that you're, you have an affinity to, at least all of us. When we see either potentially Chooksakor for or Kevin Dotson. We're, yeah. do, we're doing that right after the break. We have, you know, I, I say this a lot and I mean it sometimes more than others. We yeah. have some really good questions lined up and we are going to get to them. I haven't seen them. Let's oh, yeah. That. Yeah. That, no hype here. You'll see there's there's some quality discussion oh, points here. Real What's quick, that? too. It's like 500 people in here, man. Real quick. Hey. We got how many likes so far? 155. Oh, that's hey, not enough. Y'all hit that like button, subscribe, send it to a friend to tell a friend to like the show too, man. Come on, y'all. What yeah, we it doing? makes a difference. This isn't a vanity exercise when we ask for the likes. This is the likes build into the YouTube algorithm, and YouTube shows the program to more people. There we go. Oh, yeah. See? Look at that. Nah, nah. They're going to do it on their own. You're 100% right. <laughs> Who are you, Jeff Reed with that right now, DK? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> going into a, a convenience store or whatever that story was. Yeah. I don't even remember anymore. All right. We'll be right back. We'll be right uh, back. With the only segment that actually matters. And that's how you moan. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Oh, not messing around at all today. Just a, just one of these like no nonsense type shows. Yeah. Are we ready for some of this, Moan? Let's go ahead and do it, DK. All right, here we go. We're going to keep these almost like a rapid fire Friday because there's just too many good ones here. First, everyone, when Rochelle says she's putting down 50 gift memberships, yeah. come in and take them. Make sure that you hit accept gifts and you will be a member at Rochelle's invitation. Exactly. That way, yes, you can see all these people hitting this this rage in the comments. You can rage out with us, okay? You can do that. And I, I also want to make clear that as much as we love Rochelle, and we really do, yeah. that we appreciate everybody when they come in with a contribution, including our friend Carrie, who came in with one. Yeah, that's what everybody saying. does what Beautiful. everybody can. Are we ready? Dan West says, here we go. Moan, I mean this this time. All right, we're going to – this is like, like uh, running in place or something. Dan West. Do you foresee Omar Khan being as aggressive this offseason as last? Uh, me personally, no. Why Again, is that? This is my per- because I think he had to reset this team quickly. This time around, I think you have a better foundation. I think you're in a better spot, although the quality at every spot isn't there. Offensive line, essentially, you know what you got to do. D-line, you know you probably got to get another young guy, right? Inside linebacker, you're pointed at the positions that you actually have to go choose from this year. Probably wide receiver. Right, maybe a tackle a guard, depending on what you want to do. You don't have, I feel like, a multitude of positions that you have to overly fill. You have receivers in place. You have a one, a two, and a three. If we're considering Calvin a three, and if it's a three, right, we're not drafting the first round for a three. We're drafting later for a three, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, inside linebacker, tackle. Where else do we need DKS? Maybe a DN to it type. You got something out of Keanu Benton last year. You need depth on the D line. Maybe a safety, maybe a corner. We're not saying and where Omar got aggressive. Pounce left, Al left, Dave left, I left. Like they had to replenish this group. Mm-hmm. 
Now you found somewhat a balance. You're releasing guys also earlier. So you know where you have to go. I don't think you have further to go this time as Omar did last time. Kenneth Moses says, hey, Moan, since Kevin Dotson grew up a Steelers fan, would he return to Pittsburgh for less than market value? Oh, no. Here's our HE double hockey sticks. No. No, he will not do that. <laughs> that that is a great question. <laughs> I like that, the answer even better. That, that's a great. Imagine your ex girlfriend going on a date with somebody else and asking you, "Hey, you want to date again, Kenneth? What you gonna tell her? Oh, Hell no! No! Oh, no. no. See, and you and you want me to bring flowers to you? There's no flowers and bring and pick you up. We told you we didn't like you. Girl, you better walk to this restaurant if, if we're dating. grossly overpay Kevin Dotson to come back here (laughs) (laughs) if they want Dotson back right now it's projecting Kevin Dotson y'all listen to it and this is gonna tick Uh, y'all off DK can I tick them off just a little bit yeah 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 can I pick can I tick them off just a little bit DK it's your show y'all I know but I like to have inclusion and stuff like that right his his number for Kevin Dotson, I want to make sure I'm completely correct on this, is uh, market value for Dotson is expected to be around $16.4 million. Yeah, that's not happening, kids. That's just without bidding. And the Steelers have guards. Okay. Guards. I mean, that's, that's another thing here, too, so. The answer to that one is probably the most emphatic no we've ever given in the history of this show. And Greg. don't feel bad about him getting that and being an item no, now. Good for it, him. It just didn't work out in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That is all right. It also means they made a good draft pick, you know, right? Greg says, hey, Moan, I don't want you to compare Mason Rudolph to Ben Roethlisberger. That's unfair. So true. But strictly – Based on an NFL quality strong arm, how does Mason compare to seven? You've been right under their passes. If we can be honest, tit for tat. I really? think Ben's ability to whoop across the middle and know how to make those big kahunas type throws, yeah. Ben has that more than Mason. But as far as Mason being able to, you remember, that's one of the things we said. He got to find a way to take something off the top to deliver it, right? Mm-hmm. He can go deep. Ben could go deep. I think it's tit it, for tat. Doing that his whole life, it's that when did you and I get most excited about Mason's performance in a season? It was when he would do those touch passes. Okay, he would just kind of arc it a little bit because Ben could do all of that. Um, I'm not some superior expert on arm velocity or delivery or whatever, but I will say that I, I see Ben being able to throw hard from more arm angles than me because okay yeah you know what i'm talking about moan because he could do it sideways this way whatever else here um i'll never ben wasn't human i'll never forget uh charlie said it or mike vick or byron leftwich said it one of the three said it okay but they were just it was breaking down to like man i'll be glad when ben get back (laughs) that was that was the conversation because to your point that you just made ben could start here Mm -hmm. move his arm and steal in mid throw because it, it was the backyard stuff that backyard stuff that him and AB would do to where AB would move over and Mike Vick, uh, Charlie, or B left would miss him. But Ben had that arm talent to where he could move his arm slot and go that way. That's the difference. And that's part of why he loved, in addition to AB, uh, he loved throwing to Heinz Ward. He loved throwing to Heath Miller. And he would find all different kinds of ways to get the ball to them because they were smart and sharp enough to come back to him whenever he was doing all of that uh, risky stuff here. Steve says, is releasing Chooksakora for a mistake if Arthur Smith looks to employ more of a run offense? Here's the thing. Uh, by the way, Chooks did officially get released yesterday, by the way, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, if y'all were looking for the waiver wire, y'all look crazy for looking yeah, at the waiver wire right now. that time there. of year, man. It's crazy. <laughs> I love it. I love y'all for that. But here's the thing, though, too. I think Chooks is a, a more finesse, pass set, get in space type of guy. If we're talking about a downhill type of play, uh, I don't know if that's Chuk's strong suit as much as uh, it may be perceived. He's a finesse guy, but he's a when you need him to go, he goes. Like Dotson is a go guy. He's a role grader, right, DK? Yes. I don't think you are 
compartmentalize Chooks as a road grader. To, I would to not that do point. that. No, you would not. Yeah. I would and, not do that. And I'm that ain't nice. a knock. I love Chooks, but geez, no, he's and not. And that, that ain't guy. a knock at all, is it? That ain't a knock. That's just That's a personality. Your that's a personality issue as an offensive lineman, isn't it? More than anything else, am I right? There, there we go. Okay. Yes, I actually had re I had reservations if uh, James Daniels was a role grader. He proved to be capable of doing that. I just didn't know if he had the <clears throat> behind him when it. But he's proven that he can move bodies. Jason is so desperate for off-season football talk that he wants to get into free agent punters. We're just going to go right past that one, Jason. Punters, <laughs> hey, I'm going to be real. Go you ahead. better be good with your hang time, and you better be good with directional punts. That's all that matters, man. They are nameless great faces until they prove themselves. Andrew has a good general question for you. This is kind of what I meant when I said we had some great cues here today. Andrew says, hey, Moan, how long is an offensive line expected to hold up in pass pro? Is it 2.5 seconds? Is it three? Is it four? Obviously, as long as they can, but realistically, it's not forever. About three and a half seconds, I think. Let me go to the longest pass set. A seven-step drop. How far seven steps would be? Uh, one, two, three seconds, maybe. About it's two and a half, three a seconds. seconds. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. That, on I'm, the seven-step drop, wrap should be developed at that point right there. Now, that's the other side. On average, I'd probably give it, if I'm saying, 2.8 of blocking, which is a lifetime. Now, a seven-step drop and a, and, a, and, a, and a plant, which is, if you think, setting aside the other, other quarterbacks and scrambling or fleeing or whatever the case would be here, if you think about when That Mason, ain't on me. <laughs> no, 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 right, right, right. But if you think about where Mason was whenever for those three regular season games when he was just one, two, three, four, boom, okay, and the offensive lineman knew where he was going to be, you're probably talking about three max. Three, three and a half. A long pass set is about four seconds. I'm going to be real with you. But this also is why they loved playing in front of Mason because he hung in there until the last split second and made them look good. Like even if things were how many times did you see him in those three games when the the the, the play is breaking down around him and yeah. he's like the one guy in the middle just That's waiting it out waiting waiting him. waiting waiting and whoop there goes the ball yeah, man. So that that's always fascinating right there. Uh, about three and a half seconds is a bit long right there. Unless you got Max Pro with tight ends in and a running back. Um, that's different stuff, which you'll see under Arthur Smith. Pittsburgh Hornets says, hey, Moan, what does Mike Sullivan? And that, of course, would be the Steelers' Mike Sullivan, not the Penguins' Mike Sullivan, who's being talked about more than anybody in town right now. Not necessarily for great reasons. Ooh. That Mike Sullivan has been named by the Steelers to be an offensive assistant. Uh, that's uh, what is that title, Moan? Because when I think of offensive assistants, I'm thinking of the guys that are going around the field, kind of picking up footballs and taking them back to the machine. That's not what he would be. No, it's not. And honestly, I think he's a liaison from the old staff to the new staff. That's oh. usually how that works. There's usually oh, some holdover. Uh, there's usually some holdover with stuff like that, DK. As far as saying, I don't, I, I got my guy for the quarterbacks coach, but I, I want him, but I don't want to lose you. So let me make a role for you. He may still be in the quarterback's room. He may still be one of those guys when the meetings start, more of a facilitator of the offense because he knows it and he called it and he gets it. That reminds me, and I don't think I've asked you this yet, but do you have to change lingo? Uh, as an offense, with Arthur Smith. Yeah, you know why you're gonna have to this time. What Majority. is Majority, because you ain't got a set quarterback the way you need, and this offense is more young than it is. Old. Oh, they're gonna which probably explains why when Matt Canada came in and was working with Ben, they worked with Ben's terminology. Ah, uh, well, but Mason's been there for six years. I don't you, know. I just just throwing. You got it out a there. whole new. Here's the thing: we're in the off season now with a whole new coach and not just a whole new offensive coordinator, but a whole new staff mostly. So it's his way now for the most part. You don't have a legacy guy. When Todd Haley came in, right? Munch yes. came, I think, or right before after that, it was Todd and himself, really. So guess what Todd Haley had to do? Adjust himself to what we're doing. Yeah, that's, I mean, and he did, by the way. And Ben was there. Now, 
he made certain words, changed certain plays, and formatted it into, hey, this means that exactly as you used to run it. So there's incorporation. And one thing that Todd did, which was huge, Todd Haley, what it did was huge, was gave us one word plays as far as no huddle. Cadillacs, Rolex, Swatch, uh, Weapons, Missile, Rocket. Like, we had those types of names that became full plays for us. And I got to give credit to Todd Haley, although we had some of that stuff in place. Um, but that's just how it went. That was his sprinkle on the offense. Brian comes in and says, uh, if Mason signs somewhere else, Russell Wilson makes a lot of sense. He's cheap and fits. And Art Smith, uh, they're not bringing in Russell Wilson. <laughs> what, 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 what is Russell Wilson on the, on, uh, so you have to trade for Russell. You know what Russell base salary is for 24? Yeah. Go ahead. 17 million. And then there's no opt out until 2026. So you got to pay 37 million next year. And you don't know which version of him you're going to get. Yep. Okay. Yep. I mean, he he's no. So here's the thing, too. You know what his dead cap is for hmm. 23? 85 million. I can't. And then next year is 49 million. So you got to commit to Russ, which all this stuff we're talking about doing as far as free agency, either Omar better be the magician we think he is as far as numbers go. Or you pass on Russ. Like, I ain't against Russ. Would I, is he my first choice? No. Not even because I think this team need, needs more building up than it does, DK, of let's go right now. Like, I, I like the idea, but there's a lot that you absolutely need to fix before you start committing yourself to somebody like that who ain't guaranteed at this point either. He's had some okay seasons the last three seasons. I don't know if y'all really understand what that looks like inside of locker rooms if you're getting somebody else used goods. Has that benefited Denver? And they had Munch there as an offensive line coach and weapons at wide receiver. I know he lost a couple and stuff like that, but he's had a running back, wide receivers, tight ends, and an O-line with a defense that can somewhat support him. Big-time wide receivers, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you have Jerry Judy, you're not complaining a whole heck of a lot about what your arsenal is. Jeff says, hey, Moan, Given the circumstances, is it fair to argue that the Steelers or we really don't know how good Mason Rudolph actually can be? Like, I mean, you can look at his age and you can think there's a, there's a ceiling there. Well, that this must be all he can be. And yet, last time you saw him versus the last time you saw him, like five, six years ago, it's a pretty significant difference. Different conversation right there, ain't it, DK? I, I do think players can get better. Uh, I do think Kenny can get better. I just don't know how soon or accelerated Kenny's growth is going to be considering what you saw out of Mason already. So is it fair to argue that we don't know how good? Yeah, it's fair to argue that because we hadn't seen it time and time again. That's the issue that you have is the lack of reps. But what you have, but what you can go off of in those last four games, even a playoff game, you saw him do some stuff that other guys inside of your building hadn't done. And when you're looking at this quarterback pool of, uh, of free agents right now, how much better are those guys than what you have in Mason Rudolph already? And here's the thing, too. I know Kirk Cousins is going to come up from somebody in the conversation. My brother Ron Slay, who's in the chat with us, and somebody asked a question on his show, and I'm going to rob this from him. But here's the thing about Kirk Cousins. Like, why does everybody love Kirk Cousins? You know what they said? Because hmm. he don't scare you. He don't hurt you. He ain't going to do nothing more for you. But Kirk Cousins don't hurt you. He's just like your, your neighborhood dog, right? Like like the family dog. Like Zeus ain't going to do a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if you go over to Marquis' house with Zeus and Athena, guess what his dog's going to They're going to bite you. You want a quarterback that's got somewhat of a bite. That, although Zeus will get active, okay? But what I'm telling you is this. Kirk Cousins don't hurt you. I do think playing in the AFC North, we're talking about having guys, right, that if we're ranking quarterbacks, you do need to make it out of the North playmaking ability. And we saw playmaking ability out of Mason. D says, uh, how much could Mason benefit from first team reps? Which, by the way, Mason has had in his career for a grand total of about, like, what, 10, 11 weeks? Mm-hmm. Maybe over yeah. six years. And yet he was still able to be the NFL's number one quarterback over oh, the span of a month. And I, I just, how about entering an offseason as the number one? I'm, I'm being hypothetical here. Yeah, right? go ahead. Entering the offseason as the number one quarterback, 
getting first team reps in a new offense with a new coordinator and a new quarterbacks coach and having everybody fully invested in him as quarterback with with his maturity now i'd hope that bode well for him jeez that's, nothing that's would make him at. happier i'll tell you that yeah <laughs> there's, no, there's I, I don't even know if the paycheck could top that yeah i i, I think so man I, I still go in from rob lightfoot at the uncle's table by the way we're gonna start shaming these people but rob goes hey mom why hasn't baker mayfield's name been thrown around for the Steelers like cousins wilson and Tannehill? Phil, number one overall pick, I think plays a part in it too more than these other guys do. He's also a former Brown in that situation. And I just don't think his style of ball fits what Pittsburgh's capable of. Pittsburgh dogged him. So why would Pittsburgh, who scouted and played a guy like Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield want to sign Baker Mayfield after overexploiting him in Cleveland? The owner of the franchise said the Steelers are not going to the outside to make a significant addition at quarterback. The owner of the franchise, the person who's been running football operations for 17 years now, that would be the head coach, said that the person who is going to be the starting quarterback for the Steelers in 2024 is already in the building. I I, I can't understand unless it's out of sheer boredom why everybody keeps engaging in all these other names maybe it's just fun yeah it is here's another fun one you ready uh-huh. we answered this the other day too from joseph gardell gardell what's up man uh it goes hey moan do you believe dan moore is the 2024 Steelers right tackle if he's smart if he's smart what do you mean by that i think the projection the big fellas big young fella said it Roger jones said he wants to play where DK, where did he, he say? Oh, he's he wants to play left tackle. Who's who has more, 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 more projectability of the two than 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 the other? That would be the first rounder they traded up to get him. If Dan Moore wants to be in the NFL, what's my famous saying that I always say? Oatmeal is better than no meal. Heck, I didn't want to move from right guard to left guard. I didn't. I did not. But the casual was the first round draft pick. Willie Cologne had just got injured. I slid over there, and we had eight straight years of knowing who your left guard was going to be. Dan Morgan really take a step to showing his flexibility and his athleticism by making his hip shift and moving over to the right side. He either learns that oatmeal is better than no meal and plays right tackle or, or acts to be released and go to another team. That's Broderick Jones' spot. It just is. And the sooner that you get to that, you know, the better it'll be. I I think for everybody, uh, similar to the quarterback conversation that we just had, get everybody where they're going to go. In my opinion, that's where I'm at, right? Now, can Dan play right tackle? I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a reason that everyone was terrified of this move. There's got to be a reason that everybody was saying, yeah, but you can't move him over there. You can't move him over there. That seems kind of weird that you wouldn't be able to. You know, unless, you know, I'm not an offensive lineman. You are. Explain yeah. why that would be so impossible. For, say that again. I was Anybody the- want tackle to tackle or guard to guard, switching sides. Whoever rules out that a guy could play the other. Yeah, no, nobody ever rules that out. It's, yeah. it's the more you can do. You got to think it's only seven uh, seven actives on game day, sometimes right. eight. You there gotta has to be, be able position. to play him. Yeah. Spencer, you, need- you all gotta be Spencer Anderson to an extent. Exactly. So everybody in their younger years do that. Dan Moore just had the luxury of being a young rookie starter. So he established himself as a left tackle until you realize there, there is the ability to get better at left tackle. So they drafted Broderick Jones. That's what we're dealing with here. Uh I got a good one that's real good as next week's or the next couple weeks steps up from Mike Drops. Hey Mo, why do the Steelers seem to avoid paying big name free agents? Is not being big spenders and free agents a reason the Steelers have generally have been generally a solid, steady franchise that has success? Yes, you answered your own question. You don't oh, that week one is for teams who are in almost desperation mode, looking for a quick fix. Out you Cincinnati, they paid Orlando Brown Jr., who reset the left tackle market thirty one million in year one. That's because they thought that window that they had with Burrow and Jamar and those dudes is still open. You don't have a team that does that. I tell you, you have to be a team that steadily just knocks at the door as a franchise. You don't want to be a guy kicking in the door every single time, every single time, because then you overspend. Like, like the Saints, 
who are in or, cap hell. Or the Rams. Or the Rams, right? And it takes a long time to get back to where you have the ability to knock at the door as far as playoffs, and the, championships. And the number of teams that get away with what the Rams did, meaning succeeding at it, is, well, it's the Rams. It's, look at <laughs> it's the list. Look at the Super Bowl winner, right? The Chiefs. Chiefs didn't overspend. They repaid Chris Jones. They lost a lot of guys. This was supposed to be the down year, remember? <laughs> and they won the Super I know, right? Bowl. All they did was win the Super Bowl again. Good teams don't spend first week. That's just how the league goes. When you have more stability, you mm. don't do that in week one. Um, so, yeah. Jason Williams says, hey, Moan, how long would you say Kenny Pickett or any quarterback needs to really get acclimated to the National Football League? Was or is our system a good fit for him? Well, we don't, the current system, well, we no. don't know yet. Yeah. So uh, what about the first part? Three years is usually what I've always told you. Seven's always told me, give me three years to see what a guy's going to be. Uh, that's where you should figure out if you're him. I think since he knew it after Joe Burrow, Kyle Murray got paid after three. You see Justin Fields didn't get broke off after three. Uh, Mac Jones after three is not going to get it. The guys who are dudes is three years. That way you've had your rookie year, shock us. You have your second year adjustment, and now is your year to be a pro. Can Kenny do it? We hadn't seen Kenny Pickett, in my opinion, take those steps to show us that he's going to be that playmaking dude. He's still doing the same stuff that he did in his rookie year and year two. Right? The hardest part to, to digest about his performance this past season is that it didn't look like progress. Uh, there weren't things that you said, oh, yeah, but at least he got better in this area. And don't give me preseason. Oh, no. We're, we're done with that. We're, we're all done with preseason analysis. Uh, Rob Lightfoot says, hey, DK, I'll bet you that blah, blah, something. I'm not going to get into bets. And let me just add on that, too. So in a situation... In a situation like uh, Kenny versus versus God, dog, we're doing the freaking quarterback conversation again. Yeah. If, if, you, if you don't get if you don't get your um, if you don't get your three years, then you need to be somehow a guy that sticks around long enough, like Mason or Geno Smith, that you're able to grow a good bit and get a second opportunity to prove that you have gotten better from your rookie and third year. Mason's in year six. You just said right, DK. Yeah. Sometimes you got to be lucky enough and get an opportunity that you can prove that you have gotten better. Top Gun says, isn't Kenny Pickett the worst quarterback in NFL history with 500 pass attempts? Uh, what that. you're thinking of, Top Gun specifically, is in terms of touchdown percentage. And yes, it's the worst touchdown percentage in NFL history. Damn. That's uh, that's... That's rough, man. So so here's the thing. It's two things, and you guys are making the point for me. I'm not anti-Kenny. I'm, I'm pro-winning, okay? Three Kennel says this. Three King Kennel says this. Kenny didn't regress. Teams just finally got filmed. That's that year two. But that's part of – That's year two. Yeah. Okay. That is, that's that's how year two is defined in any position, isn't it, Moan? It, every position. We don't you care what you do. You put everything on film. You have 17 games of film out there. You're, Coast, you're, you're toast. Coach T breaks it to us at the end of the year. If young fellas – what you did in year one ain't going to excite me in year two. Find a new trick. That That is one of his other – what you did in year one ain't, ain't going ain't gonna to make me feel better if you don't find a new trick in year two. What new trick has Kenny found? Here's the other thing, too, that Big Tiny brings up. Hold up, hold up, hold Go up. Ahead. Big Tiny says, hey, Mo, how do you evaluate Pickett when he's injured every That's year? That's part of it. That's part of it. Everything we're talking about here isn't unique to any one player, Okay. You have to be able to stay on the field. You have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to decipher, along with the help of your coaching staff, what it is that they've found out about you. Moan, how many how many stories did you tell about quarterbacks inside the division who were given these tells? You know, <laughs> oh, if, it, if his left hand is in the air before, that means it's going to be a pass play or his whatever. right foot is back, he's running. If he's – Yeah. Yeah, all of that. You've that got to be good. aware of all of that, and you've got to adjust. Yes. I'm it's with so Jerry. It's so funny. We do, reach, we do reach a point in this show every day. Every it. day, and it's not us. I swear. At least I don't think it is. Yeah, man. And 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 um. So that's the other thing too. And we got to pair one with another. Ben, 
says Canada was let go directly because the offense wasn't scoring enough points. Kenny, we get another chance when it comes. You hope he takes. That's the thing. He's still on roster. Uh, see, he still should be able to battle. You. I don't care about chances. I just but, want to win football games. Why well, do people get all caught up in chances and draft picks? Who cares? But here's the thing, though, too, Ben, about what you just said. You mentioned Canada. Canada's playbook was the same thing that Mike Sullivan and Coach Faulkner operated under. You had a different quarterback earn and score more with that same playbook. Depending on the flow of the play calling, the playbook didn't change. Just got to win football games. Just win football games. It'll be year three for him. It'll be year whatever for Mason. Put the best quarterback out there. This is not a controversial stance, and it's not about taking one person over another, like politics, you know, Democrats versus Republicans (laughs) or whatever. It's just take the best quarterback before we go further down this uh behind down this 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 rabbit hole i think it's fair to switch it real quick dk all right uh and it's just where i'm at well i've seen it come up numerous times okay and i am pro this i not trading up for him i think he'll be there at 20 i like mason cole a lot a lot but with jackson powers johnson pretty solid this is a center for anyone who the doesn't center. know. Yeah, from Oregon. My bad. Oregon. I figured from everybody Oregon. knew. Yeah, from Oregon, uh, and and he made quite the impression in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, we'll see what he does next week at the combine. Uh, that's that's the position, you know. That's, uh, that's almost like it, it lines up just a little bit too perfectly. And I think Marquise was picked at sixteen. And that's a prime spot for a team that covets. In our building, down one of the hallways where they have all the legendary players and stuff, um, they have the O-line board. Before they get to the rest of the O-line, they have the center. You have an organization that covets the center position. If you can find an upgrade, and NFL is all about upgrading positions if you need to, I like the idea of uh, Jackson Powers Johnson respectfully because I like the heck out of Mason Cole. I do. You know one thing that does have to happen though between now and the draft. Talk to me. We can't be referring to Jackson Powers Johnson as I see a JPJ. lot of people doing already as JPJ. Okay, <laughs> we've already got one of those. <laughs> That's not gonna work. Yeah. Uh, every time you see it, you go, oh, geez. See, that's the yeah. thing, though. I've heard Joey Porter Sr. call Joey Porter Jr. JJ. Where did we yeah. lose JJ from? I've never heard JJ. I mean, I've never heard JJ in the locker room or anywhere. You never heard JJ in the locker room? I thought this was. Oh, I'm sure you're right. I'm just yeah. saying that I, I haven't. That's all. Mm. And, and no, we're not getting into JPJ 2.0 or any other whatever. I've only heard Joey call him JJ. Okay. I don't know. No, I'm we... sure you're right about that. I'm just yeah. saying I don't know that it's made it like around the locker room or anything. You know? What do they call him then? What do, what do his teammates call him? I, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. You can't call him Peasy because that's only one no, Peasy. No, no, no. That wouldn't be right. Hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to come back right after this very brief little outro. Let's do it. I love Mike in Texas. Why? What did he say? He, he said this. Oh, I see it. <laughs> you see it. <laughs> but what do we call Joey Jr.? JJ, what are we going to call JJ Watt when he comes out of retirement? LOL. What is wrong with y'all, man? Yeah. Yeah. How do we do today? Look at us still getting 800 people in here. Oh, man. For the live show. And that's not, that's just who's in at that split second. Yeah. Uh, when you when you add up all the different people who pass through here, it usually ends up like around the three thousand range or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, people are hungry. I think I think they really want to see where this football team is going to go. I do too, I, I, and I think so too, man. And of course, we got a pie guy that says this. Hey, because Kenny's going to be on the team. If if Kenny looks oh, yeah. mediocre, stay game four. If the signings that we think will happen don't happen, I'm hoping for the hook. Like the fact that we even got to have that conversation, pie guy. I know that's not what you want either. <laughs> okay. And again, too. this idea that you have to give him a chance, you have to, whatever you owe this to that, or you owe it to the first round. No, you don't. Mac Jones got benched and you're, you know, who else got benched Who at the end of this past season? <laughs> Kenny Pickett. 
Why? Why you say that? Because he was one hundred percent healthy. And what happened? And the EA chose the other guy. Who's the other guy? The other guy would be Mason Rudolph. Thanks for playing my game. No, but I mean that's you don't have to wonder what it is that they're thinking or whatever. They actually did it. I know. The most important games when they had their backs to the wall. The collective, the whole group had their backs to the wall. The head coach had his back to the wall. And he chose the other guy. The hot hand. Yeah. He called it hot hand. I kind of I, I thought that was a little you know who never had that happen? Hmm. This guy oh, yeah. who was yeah. injured too. I knew you were coming with that. Marquise was down for a year and a half. You know what? You... That never happened to him. Nope. Nope, didn't happen. Sure didn't happen to say. Hey, here's another <laughs> thing. Marcus Gilbert got suspended for four games. Came he back. got his spot back. He walked right back onto the field. He got his spot back. You know what I'm saying? Like, these these are the things that happen. Like, we've seen other dudes get injured, and as soon as they get healthy, what happens? Yeah. Self-made got it 100%, DK, under that comment you just had. Yeah. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's all that complicated. We like winning. You know, why don't why don't you just put the quarterback out there who's gonna give you the best chance to win in week one? Oh uh you'll have to tell me this story later, DK. Well, Bradshaw got benched and yeah, I mean that that predates me too. I mean, I was extremely okay, young. I'll look that up. But there's it, Bradshaw got benched, other guys, Joe Gilliam came in. Uh, there were injuries involved. Terry Hanratty was part of that mix. This is, again, just all from my re- either reading it or whatever. But, yeah, Bradshaw was not, like, sealed into the number one spot from the moment he arrived. He had two other quarterbacks uh, challenging him at the time. And here's the thing, too. Francesco brings up, a, you know, want to make a hard statement. I can't say this fully. I can't say, has this play been really, really good? No. I can't say stink too because I I believe in second chances and guys do have to grow. But when you face with a dude that you just had in your building do stuff way better than him, I just don't know if we'll see that growth in Pittsburgh the same way we're having this conversation about Kevin Dotson. It's okay to say players need different environments and stuff like that. It is okay to say that. I can't say he stink because a lot of people thought Kevin Dotson stank and he goes on and now he's going to be a very coveted free agent guard, I think. See, this is this is part of what we mean when we say watch what they say or don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. For example, Pittsburgh Hornets points out here correctly that Ramon once benched me in favor of Mason Rudolph. Sure the hell did. He sure did. Yeah, I did. No apologies to you. Look at that non-contrite face over there. I, 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 I like I like winning more. Mason helped us win. <laughs> He did totally, <laughs> totally kicked my ass. <laughs> he kicked you. Oh, I'm talking about golden boot status, DK. Oh, it was not even close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, DK, you got benched, and I was glad to see that. See, Moan wasn't playing favorites. He didn't go with it. You know, he was with, just like, yeah. See you, man. We have a chance to win this episode. <laughs> We're winning this episode. You are out of here. Hey. I'll sub you back in. Let's, do, let's, it. let's do this again tomorrow. Crazy, crazy people. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Peace. Oh, man.